Hey, welcome to Church Alive's podcast. We are so blessed and so honored that you could join us here today. We hope this message is something fresh, real, and powerful for your life. Our mission here is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for joining in and enjoy the message. Father, we thank you for your touch upon this place right now. I just pray that as every person, as we get ready to receive God's Word, Lord, let hearts open, let minds open, let us uh, receive something fresh from heaven, I pray, that we get into a mindset of faith and hope and love, Lord, towards 2019. I declare your blessing and your best over every single man and every single woman, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand? We'll stay standing just for a moment. I had the opportunity about a year and a half ago to preach in the Sunshine Coast, not the Gold Coast, like they're not similar. Anyway, the Gold Coast is south of Brisbane, beautiful part of the world, and the Sunshine Coast is north of it, but it might even be even prettier. It's way better. We have not Lax Luther, the enemy of Superman. We have an honor today to have Pastor Ed Luther here. Can we put our hands together for him and his beautiful wife, Gail? Come on, Priscilla Church, Queensland, Australia. Come on. Aren't they awesome? Also, give it up for the media team. You know, sound people, media people, they always take a lot of flack. And, uh, and so they got to have a, a really tough hide. We're not going to use that PowerPoint uh, media guys. I've decided not. God decided not. I, I want to give a, a message. I've never preached this before. I don't have an outline. Um, that's why there's no pulpit. I'm standing here all alone. <laughs> Just like being naked in front of a, you know. Uh, and, and I've entitled this message in the last few seconds, uh, <laughs> Happy New Year. It really dawned on me that tomorrow night, isn't that amazing? The clock is going to hit 12 o'clock, and it's going to be a whole nother year. And in some cities, amazing things are going to happen. In Sydney, the uh, Opera House, everybody know the Sydney Opera House, big, big, iconic landmark. Uh, it's going to have all kinds of colors. There's going to be the, uh, the Harbor Bridge in Sydney, which is going to have the most amazing fireworks that goes on and on and on. Uh, just spectacular stuff. And then in New York City, a ball is going to drop. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be amazing. Uh, 
you know, thousands, 100,000 people are going to stand jam-packed and not even be able to use the toilet? Well, they will. They'll use the toilet, but there won't be anywhere to go to use the toilet. Uh, they'll be packed out there in the freezing cold for hours and hours to watch that ball drop. <laughs> That's incredible. In other cities around the world, Singapore, you know, there's going to be fireworks. China, it's going to be amazing stuff. But people are going to yell something that we yell all the time, every year, once a year, Happy New Year! You know, it's going to go. For some people, though, I don't know if, if you've ever spent New Year's Eve alone. I have, as a single guy. <laughs> it was like, I got saved. And, uh, and I quit doing a lot of things that I did before I got saved. And, and the phone would ring, and it'd be all my mates, we call them in Australia, we say all of our, my buddies over here. <laughs> all my buddies would be, you, got you could hear the <laughs> in the phone, you know, and what are you doing? I'd be there by myself with my Bible open. No, seriously, I got saved. <laughs> Could, I couldn't party anymore. I was so disappointed that I couldn't party anymore. <laughs> and uh, so it's like, oh. Home alone. It's it's me me again. God and my Bible and and depression would start to try to hit me, but some of the most amazing times I had was just me and God, and I realized that God's plan, He's not against Happy New Year. In fact, all those beatitudes they begin with you know blessed are the poor in spirit and blessed are those that mourn etc etc. The word blessed there makarios in the Greek language means happy. It means it means throw a party. It means hilarious, over-the-top, happy. It means that you're allowed to laugh. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. The Bible says the Lord laughs. I think that's pretty amazing. Uh, think about all, God made people, and, and he made us all with different laughs, didn't he? Uh, so you think about all the different laughs. I've got a friend that does well, what I call the squeal. The squeal. And, and what he does is he, he laughs until he exhales all the air out with a normal laugh. <laughs> and then on the intake, he squeals. Now, I, I wish I could do that for you, but I can't do it. And, and it's like a heavy metal band. You know the, the guys that sing like they sound like the devil? <sighs> there's, a real skill, there's a real skill to that. No, there is. It's some of the hardest singing or whatever you want to call it. Well, my friend could squeal, laugh, and, and he would do that and, like, Everybody would hear it, and, the, you'd, you'd, and then you would go into another kind of laughter, which is belly laugh. Do, have you ever belly laughed until it's like, stop, just stop it. Like, my sides, like everything, my muscles can't contract anymore. Like, I'm going to, the next day you're like aching from belly laughter. And, and, and belly laughter is, is awesome. But then there's polite. It's like, it's not funny, but I'm going to, be polite because you're trying to be funny. So, so I'm going to give you a <laughs> yeah. It, it's very close to a, a nervous laugh when you're nervous. <laughs> you know, a polite and a nervous, they're, they're kind of very similar veins, aren't they? And then you got the hee-haw. <laughs> you think it's a, it's a donkey, you know, braying. <laughs> There's all these different laughs, but I love it. I could hear them now. There's machine gun laughs. 
That was almost a squeal over there. I heard that. That was a wheeze. That wasn't quite a squeal, but I reckon if you worked on that one with a bit of coaching, I reckon you could do a squeal. That's close. But, but God made us to laugh. My point, point number one, it's a five point, it's not, is, is you can laugh. Happy is okay. Happy New Year is actually a really good thing. You can, you're allowed to be happy at New Year's Eve. You're allowed to be happy in church. You're allowed to even go beyond happy. Now, some people kind of pit happiness and joy like it's, it's happiness versus joy. You know, happiness is just a feeling. It's, you know, when everything is on the outside is going good, then you're happy. I've got joy. Well, no, it's not happiness versus joy. Uh, I remember once I had a, uh, a healing while I was preaching at this church in, near Sydney, and, and uh, I was preaching on being filled with the Holy Spirit, and I was actually speaking on t- uh, preaching on tongues, and this guy comes up in my healing line. He goes, I got something greater than tongues. And I'm like, oh, really, you do? And I knew what he was going to say. And I says, what do you have? And he goes, I've got love. And he's looking at me like, I want to kill you. (laughs) And I'm thinking, oh, you've got love. And I says, dear friend, make make enemies into friends. I said, dear friend, it's not love versus the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit operate through love. It's not happy versus joy. Yes, joy can come when circumstances are bad. And joy is an amazing thing because the Bible says in the presence of God, hello, there's fullness of joy. I think it's Psalms 1611. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength, Nehemiah says, after all the opposition and, and building the walls in Jerusalem. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. If heaven had a trademark, you know, Nike's got the tick. And uh, every, every brand has a trademark. If heaven had a trademark, I reckon it would be a smile. It would just be, God laughs. God is, God is in the happy. God is in the joy. God created laughter. God created you. God has kids. God has a hard job. Think about God's, God's job. Like he's raising these unruly kids, Right? <laughs> You think your kids are bad? Look around. Like, seriously. Like, your job is not that tough compared to God's job. And, uh, you know, Jim Carrey, I think, uh, had, had it kind of down on that Bruce Almighty thing. You know, it was pretty, it was pretty good concept. God's got a tough gig. And yet the Lord laughs. He's looking at you, and, 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 but you take yourself so seriously. We all do, don't we? Oh, we're so serious. We're so hard on ourselves. And God's like... Man, come on. He's, he's, he's not like, oh, this is, this is just terrible. He's laughing because you're funny. And some of the stupid things that you, and some of the stupid things that you do are funny. They're really funny. I remember once, you know, I, I, won't, I won't go too far into my testimony, but um, when I got called to preach, I was amazed. I graduated second year of Bible college, and Everybody knew where they were going except me. It was lonely. It was really lonely. 
and says, I'm going to be a youth pastor. I'm going to be an assistant pastor. I'm, I'm taking on a position as the worship pastor. I'm going to be in children's ministry. What are you going to do, Ed? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. And I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Been there? And, and uh, I'm going to move back to San Diego. That's where I got saved. And then I don't know what I'm going to do. And toward the end of Bible college, it was like two weeks left to go. Somebody asked me, if it would have been, you know, the umpteenth time, what are you going to do? And right out of here, right out of here is a good place, isn't it? Yeah. You know, when you operate right out of here, you know, that's where laughter comes from. It's not a head thing. It's, it's right out of here. Yeah. I, I said these words, <laughs> I'm going to Australia. It's like, what? My brain registered, what did you just say? Like, that's the weirdest thing you've ever said. I had no idea. I knew kind of where it was, and I had this kangaroo thing, you know, jumping around all the rest of it thing. But, but you say what? It was like there's another Ed standing there looking. What did, you, what did you just say? That is so stupid. And so I, I scrambled around looking for Aussies. I found one guy. Wouldn't give me the time of day. And... Um, so long story short, I lived in a tent underneath the building, in San, the building I got saved in in San Diego, and, and the tent was to keep the rats out. I, I uh, was arrested in the middle of the night by the Spirit of God. I'd saved up about $5,000 uh, to, to go to Australia. And uh, God bless his heart. God, God's got a sense of humor. So he wakes me up and he says, uh, would you give the money away? And I'm like, being the $5,000 to go where you've called me to go that I'm going to live on for six months to a year. Yeah, yeah, the five, that 5000 Would you give that away? And, and I'm in the tent, and uh, I worked uh, as a bellman at a Marriott Hotel. I used to be an Intercontinental, and, uh, and I'm wide awake now. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do anything. You, you, you want to you play? You want to have a bit of sport with me, do you? Go, okay, come on. <laughs> Yeah, it's on. Okay, I'll give it away. You, tell, you show me who to give it to. So the pastor's uh, preach. He says, you know, we are going to lose the manse. We're in dire straits financially. If anybody has, we need $5,000. So my ministry was cleaning the church. They couldn't afford a cleaner. So Ed cleaned it. I had the best time. I led more people to the Lord pushing the vacuum cleaner during the day, cleaning the church, volunteer, uh, than, than what they were seeing saved on a Sunday. People would come in, I'm like, and they'd excuse me, and I'd go, yeah. Uh, they, they'd say, uh, this is a church. Said, yeah, it's a church. Uh, what do I need to do to, you know, get right with God? Well, turn off the vacuum cleaner. I never got to, pr I never got to preach there. Never once did they ask me to preach. And, and I, I'd get so disappointed. I think, man, I could preach better than that guy. I know I could. Come on, just ask me. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Like a puppy, you know. Let's throw the ball. Throw the, <laughs> you know. And, and but no chance, no chance was I going to get to preach there. Push the vacuum, clean the church. So I went up to the pastor and I said, Did somebody give you that $5,000? I'm thinking some businessman surely would have paid it. It coughed it. No. So I said, Okay, stay here. Went back. $5,000. Now all I've got is the tent, my last paycheck from the hotel, and uh, my car. So you know what goes next. God wakes me up again. Would you give the car away? Okay, you, you are really, like, you, you are, this is really game on now. Like, I'm going to be Job before this thing is finished. 
Like, what else are you going to do to me? What are you going to strip of me now? I'm living in a tent to keep the rats away. My shower is the garden hose, for goodness sake. You know, this is a real credit. And my brother, Dan, who wasn't saved at the time but got saved, uh, he was like a marketing executive, and he was working in Southern California. And he goes, uh, I want to come and see you. And it's like, I'm thinking, yeah, we'll meet at a coffee. No, I'll come to your place. And I'm like, no, Dan. Uh, and he doesn't know that, it, you know, serving God pays a big dividend, man, living in a tent underneath the building. Uh, so I did everything to put Dan off. Like, there's no way my successful brother who I used to be right up there successfully, I used to be an accountant, uh, and now I've dropped right down to, honestly, a street person. There's no way I'm going to get, he's going to get to see me living underneath this building in this tent. So I did everything, but he showed up, and he caught me, and uh, he asked where, you know, I'm looking for, for my brother, Ed. Uh, do you know him? Yeah, he's, he lives underneath there. And, uh, you know, pretty hard to explain that. But anyway, God, then uh, the next Sunday, this guy gets up, and um, well, the pastor gets up and he goes, we've got these missionaries who want to go to Mexico. They need a car. Has anybody got a car? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> There's a car. So I had one. I had my paycheck, my last paycheck. And I had my ticket from L.A. My brother Dan drove me to LAX, destination Australia. <laughs> and I, had, I did not know one single person in Australia. I'd never been there before, and I didn't have any preaching lined up. But I'm going over there to preach. Good luck to you, man. Good luck. And so I spent uh, about a month in a place called Fiji. Anybody know the place? Fiji Fiji's beautiful place. It's where Blue Lagoon was filmed and everything. And fear, fear, overwhelming fear tried to grip my heart. What are you going to do? I spent three nights in Hawaii sleeping outside at Hanama Bay underneath the beach towel, uh, witnessing to Harry Krishna's <laughs> and, uh, getting nowhere. And uh, got on the plane, went to, went to Fiji. And I remember I'm, I'm, I'm walking up this mountain to go to, to preach in a village on the other side and, and, and just getting these overwhelming thoughts of, you're broke. You're going to get on that plane, and, and, and it's just disaster waiting. You're just going to fly back, and, and an embarrassment. You, 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 you knucklehead. You gave all your money away. You gave your career and accounting away. You gave, well, look at you. Look at you. And, and I get to the top of the mountain. It wasn't a mountain. It was kind of like a hill thing. And it, full moon. And I could kind of see this track. And I'm thinking, okay, I got my Bible. I'm starting to go down the hill now, and all of a sudden, I heard the most demonic sounds that I've ever heard. It was like, <laughs> and it's dark. You know when it's dark, how your mind plays on you? You're like, what the, what the heck? <sighs> so I'm, I'm gripping my Bible. Praying in tongues, man. Then it got louder and louder, and they're everywhere. And I'm thinking, man, uh, they're wild pigs. And I've heard about these wild pigs in Fiji. They kill people. 
they, they're vicious things. And, they, you know, some of the Fijians were telling me about them with their eyes just wide open, telling me the story about people that have been killed by these wild pigs. And now there's not just one wild pig, but there's dozens of them. And fear, you know, it's filling my heart. And so I started running, man. I'm running downhill, middle of the night. I don't know about you, but I can run way faster at night than during the day. So if they ever had, like, Olympic tryouts or anything like that during the night, I reckon I could break the record easy. And so I'm hoofing it down, and, you know, almost tripping because I'm just going faster than my feet could fly. And then I went through this creek, mud flying, water flying everywhere, my Bible trying to protect that because i got to preach when I get to the village and everything. <sighs> All wet, muddy, I get to the village. I said, man, you wouldn't believe it. There's wild pigs back on that trail there. And this Fijian guy goes, that's Brother Tawai's fig farm, farm, pig farm. I'm like, a pig farm? Yeah, yeah, he raises pigs. Just a farm. Just like he just went through the middle of his farm. <laughs> like, well, they weren't like wild boars. No, no, they're just pigs. In a kind of like in a, on the side of the hill, you know, it's just normal pigs. In the morning, I'll take you and show you. They're just nice, you know, friendly little pigs. <laughs> Some of you right now are facing a new year with fears that are never going to eventuate. Somebody said once that there's never been a ship yet that sank unless water got into the ship. See, the, when the water's on the outside, the ship floats. But when it gets on the inside, it's going to go down. And so, yeah, you can give the Lord a hand clap. And some of your fears are maybe spending time alone and everybody else is having a happy. You're not having a happy. You're watching the ball drop on the television set. Or maybe you're watching Sydney fireworks on your television set. But you're all alone. Maybe your fear is being all alone. I don't know. Been there. It's not fun. But your fears that surround you are surrounded by someone that's far greater than your fears. And this, this first service, we talked about that, that uh, called it Surrounded, actually, the message. But, uh, you know, the benefit of coming to church is that you're surrounded by, by people of like faith. In the church's community, this church rocks. I, I, you know, I, I feel so privileged. Yeah, give yourselves a hand clap. It's church alive, not church dead, church alive. You know, you can't even say the name of your church without putting a bit into that. Like, where do you go to church? Not church alive. No, it's not church alive. It's, it's church alive. So somebody says, where do you go to church? Church alive, man. It's alive. You got to get some life into you. We got to have some of that, the, the, the Spanish uh, explanation marks going off on that baby, you know? It's, Get that thing garnished up there. It's, it's, it's a beautiful dish, Church Alive, everything that's going on. You're surrounded by, by saints. Hebrews uh, 12, we, we want to look at that, but it says, Seeing that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, all these people that have gone before us and all the people that are still uh, before us uh, that are alive, like that we're surrounded by them. But we're also surrounded by the Spirit of God. Yeah. Do you know, in this city... And I researched this. I was quite amazed, actually. 
1932, the Navy built two of these big, uh, they call them dirigibles, uh, like the Goodyear blimp. And they were built, I believe, by Goodyear back then, the tire company. And these things, uh, one of them was called the Akron, like from Akron, Ohio, I believe. And the other one was called Macon. Maybe it was from Macon, Georgia. I don't know. But, you know, there were two of them that were the same. They're, they were the biggest blimps or dirigibles built uh, other than the Hindenburg. The Hindenburg was filled with hydrogen, and it blew up. Great big disaster back then. And, and then these two blimps were, were massive, but they filled them with helium. And they were so huge, they were, they were about two and a half football fields long and about one and a half foot football fields high. That's how big, you know, these dirigibles were. And they were so massive that they had uh, machine guns on them because they were like reconnaissance. They were built for the Navy for reconnaissance in the Pacific. And they actually had uh, bays where they could launch two airplanes, biplanes, from underneath the, the uh, dirigible. They were massive. And one of them was, was based, uh, maybe even both of them were based here in New Jersey. And uh, they took off, one of them took off the Akron and went uh, to land in San Diego. And I've actually lived uh, where that, that was landing in a place called Kearney Mesa. And uh, this thing's trying to come down out of the clouds at about 1,200 feet. It kind of pips through the, the, the haze of, uh, of San Diego morning. And, and they're trying to land this, and they, they drop these 400 feet ropes down, and, and, and there's, there's two crews of, of Navy guys that are got to grab on to you know pull this thing down. Good luck. It's just massive. But, but a gust of wind picks it up, and the, and the air starts to heat the helium, which they didn't account for, and the tail of that, that massive blimp turns up, and it picks these guys up, and one of them had the sense to let go. He let go. He fell about 15 feet, broke his arm. The other three didn't let go. And so they watched as one at a time, the, the, the second guy, he, he's hanging on, like as, as hard as he can hang on, but finally he lets go. But the thing's 200, 200 feet up now, so he's dead. The other guy, like he's giving it some true grit, man. Like he knows the alternative is either I hang on or I die. So the third guy, he finally, after about five minutes or whatever it was of holding onto this rope, he finally gives it up and he falls to his death. But then the fourth guy, he's just up there. And uh, 15 minutes goes by, half an hour goes, an hour goes by, he's still holding on. They can't figure out what, what is the difference between this fourth guy and these other guys. And the difference was is he took the rope he wrapped it around himself and made a harness. And he just stayed there until they came down on a chair, lowered and, and brought him back up, up into the blimp before they landed. And, and, and this guy, his name was Coart, C-O-W-A-R-T, I believe it was. He, he just said, I just wrapped myself in the rope. And sometimes when we're surrounded by these things that are, you are facing, friend, You've got the rope of hope of the Holy Spirit to wrap yourselves in. You just got to wrap yourselves and let God carry you through it. And you're going to have a more than a happy new year. You're going to have a blessed new year. There are two ways that we can operate in 2019. One of them is on our own. And it's like that old song, I did it my way. 
You're a self-made man or woman. Congratulations, you're about to fail. You're, you're going to hold on and you're going to grip that thing so hard. You're going to set your goals that you're going to do and you're going to be independent of church life. You don't need to go, you know. You could be independent or you could be interdependent on the rest of the cloud of witnesses and on the Holy Spirit. And let, let him carry you. That's the choice. One of them is pride, independence. The roots are pride. You're going to do it by yourself. You don't need any, any of these people here. No, it's me, just me and God. The other one is interdependence, where the local church surrounds you. You're part of it every time the doors are open. And the family of God, we talked about that this morning. Church is not an event. It's a family. You don't attend family. You are family. And so you're locked in. You're connected with the rest of the family. That's just smart. That's, that's humility. That's dependence. And the language of dependence on God is the humility is prayer. It's just spending time with God. God spends time. He, he just hangs out to hang out with you. He's just hanging to hang with you. In these kind of meetings where the presence of God is so thick, it's like anything can happen and it probably will. People, are, people get healed. People get saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, financial breakthrough, all of these things. Why would you live any other way? This is an amazing place to be. And Happy New Year. Wow, yes, absolutely, way beyond that. This is going to be an amazing 2019 because you're part of an amazing church. you got amazing pastors. This is going to go off the charts. I don't know what you're going to do. You, you've got a new facility, but you're already stretching it. Yeah, give yourselves a hand clap. I, I want to encourage you to take your prayer life and take your fellowship life and take your whole life and be spirit-filled with it. Don't let water into your ship, but fill yourself with the wind, the breath of God. The wind of God, the pneuma, the Greek language where we get pneumatic tools from. comes from. You can't laugh if there's no air in there. You, you let the joy of God get in and fill your life with, with his wind, with his very breath. The breath of God. The devil can't, can't touch you because you're so high up. One of my heroes, and I'll close with this story, but during World War I,
that's certain. So he's flying along and he hears this noise. It wasn't a noise like I heard of pigs, but it sent shockwaves through him and it was a he recognized the noise. It was a rat chewing at the cable that controls of his plane. And he realized if that rat got through that cable, he's dead. So he's sweating, thinking, I can't land the plane, what am I going to do? So he did what you need to do to have a happy new year and a great 2019. He knew that rats can't survive above a certain altitude. So he put that plane into a climb took it as far up as he could possibly get that airplane. He took it up. He took it up. He hears the... And pretty soon it's silent. He realized the rat was dead. So when he finally lands, he climbs in the back of the airplane. He looks next to the cable, which is almost... trying to stop you from having a happy new year. Oh yeah, oh yeah, come on, come on, come on, somebody shout, somebody shout, but we're going to take it up, we're going to attend, this is the last service of 2018, well, I've had the privilege of being here and being part of it, I'm just one blessed Take it up. The end of 2018. Oh yeah. It's not gonna be a down. It's gonna be up. We're going up. We're going up. We're going up. Amen. Come on, would you give Pastor Ed a hand? Come on, put it, put your hands together for that. messages and want to just hear more about what's going on in the life of our church make sure to follow us on social media so you can hear more messages just like this and just really hear what's going on in the life of our church we'll see you this weekend have a great week